0: All right, who's going to start this off? Let's flip a coin. Heads or tails? Tails. Oh, it's heads. Oh, it's me. Okay. Well, uh, the title for today, we're going to be looking at a large gallery view coming to Microsoft Teams in the web browser. Uh, There's uh, some shimmering up there with the SharePoint web part toolbox, and uh, there's a few things around a public preview for a different way to sign into Outlook mobile apps.
1: Roll the intro. The following episode was recorded live on YouTube. Check out our website at messagecenter.show for all of our episodes. Yeah, that was a fun way to choose who does the intro. I'm not sure people understand how we do this. It's not like we, you know, it really is kind of that who wants to do the intro today. So we figured, hey, let's just flip a coin. I think you did a great well, job it, it, it
0: was a fun way to do it and i did it with an american quarter because uh, it's like a almost a screwdriver a large screwdriver in one of my uh, portable toolkits
1: well it's a very valuable one you know you wouldn't want to use like a canadian dollar or something because then it's not even worth it at all. anyway love you Ooh. canadians <laughs>
0: anyway. um so daniel uh yes. there's a mixed bag today Mm -hmm. of messages and we did take some time trying to find something that we could actually call back that has landed
1: i actually think we Um, we found one for a callback i think it's it's good because there's there's been a lot of talk about wanting some more options in this area so uh and it has to do with sharepoint and this callback so i think it's going to be a good one to to share with everybody so you you're right we have a mixed bag from teams and sharepoint to cdns and mobile apps i mean we're we're bouncing all over the place today right
0: yeah definitely so uh daniel you're going to start and and let me know about the the change in experience for people that are joining via a web browser
1: yeah this is large gallery view and together mode for web meetings and edge and chrome browsers it does win the longest title of a message for this week mc236329 so this is uh, arriving late january so um you know here we are february 1st so it probably has already been delivered hopefully uh, for some but going through late february um, and you're right, we, if you've been using the Teams client, you've experienced this uh, this large gallery view in the together mode, but it's really bringing those features into, uh, in for attendees who are joining via browsers, Edge and Chrome uh, browsers, so that you can experience that without using the client. So you can imagine this is probably going to be more so for those that are guests in your meeting, uh, maybe. Uh, I, however, I'll say I, I've done many a meeting uh, in the browser just because uh, I it was the thing that was available. You know, maybe I didn't have Teams running first thing and I've got to join a meeting, browser is already open, type in mm. Teams and go, right? So I've I've done that plenty of times. Also, when you click on a, a meeting invite in the browser, like you're using Outlook in the web and you click on the meeting invite, you know, do you want to open up? Nah, just, let's just do it in the browser. So, um, anyway, so this is coming. And uh, like I said, uh, February is the magic month, but, uh, you'll be able to turn on large gallery from the U bar. And I'm going to mention, I'm going to talk about that in a second. U bar. Yes. And then <laughs> you can also turn on together mode in the U bar. Um, I, Daryl, I, I don't know about this u bar is this new i'm not sure that i knew about this terminology i think i've heard it but i've never seen it spelled why is it low lowercase u capital b a r for u bar what hmm well let's mm. just
0: say it's further evidence that these messages are a co-authoring collaboration between an engineering team and a marketing team. Mm-hmm. And sometimes marketing will introduce a new term to try and get us to latch onto it and use it as, as a way of representing a feature.
1: Haven't heard of Ubar at all. I haven't either. It actually it, it makes me think about another um, software and hardware company who has... Um, retail locations that you make appointments to go get your devices fixed, um, which is called the genius bar. <laughs> uh, that's just what comes to mind. You bar, I, I don't know, but uh, this interesting terminology anyway, for this mm-hmm. one, this is edge and Chrome browsers. So this, uh, you know, includes all of those based on edge. Um, I'm sorry, all those based on Chrome technology. So Chrome and edge. Um, and uh, yeah, so it's going to become available very, very soon. I'm excited about it I because I, I, I want that consistency and bringing that to the browser is awesome. So anyway, so next up, Daryl, we're going to talk about some updates to SharePoint, right? For the Webpart Toolbox.
0: Yeah, that's right. Now, uh, this message uh, is, oops, I should have had it open. That's very clever of me. Um, uh, where is it? There it is. Ah, yes. SharePoint Web Part Toolbox updates MC two three six one one four. Um, I think the focus on this message is about trying to simplify page authoring, and we have a lot of web parts. Uh, the picker that has been available up until now has been good, but it does tend to channel you to all sorts of things and so the redesigned web part picker or web part toolbox as this update calls it it is emphasizing more around the authorship of of pages uh, so daniel's displaying on the message there that you've got some frequently used um web parts uh, these aren't going to change <laughs> they are just these are what they are it's not like it's detecting it based on your usage patterns Um, So the usual text and image, file, link, embed, etc. And then into text and formatting. Um, Now what you'll see too is a uh, no change to the search box that's going to still operate the same. uh, But there is a category filter and there's two ways to view these web parts. You've got a grid view and you've got a list view. And so these are all different ways to get to the web part that you might want. Now, as you're getting familiar with the kind of web parts that you would normally use, I personally use the search box, and I'll just mm-hmm. go in there and type it, just like I do looking for a um, an application in Windows mm-hmm. 10. Do you, What are your feelings here on this change here, Daniels? Do you think it's going to help uh, with authorship of pages, and particularly people mm-hmm. who are becoming new to authoring pages
1: that's i think that's the key because when you first come to this box when you come to the toolbox and you see what's available i think it's very easy to go oh this is all that that's there and miss the view all and so that you can see all of them or see the expand um, i don't even know what they call that button but it's kind of the expand make the toolbox bigger I think a Mm. lot of people just miss it all together, and either they go, oh, this is all that's there, uh, or they go to search anyway. And so I think it's nice, though, to be able to give some filtering capabilities, you know, filter on the category, uh, show whether we want it like this or we want it as a list, uh, so that people can, especially those that are new, can see all the options and get to what they need to quicker uh, I think it's a a great improvement uh, to that because it you're exactly right go uh, okay i need to, I need to add I want to embed a video. I don't see it here so mm. how, what am I supposed to do right so yeah. help us help them find the information quicker I think is is, um, is
0: good I definitely want to see uh, things like this making it easier for people to start getting the confidence to build mm-hmm. pages in particular news pages. I think they're just so underused for, for most organizations, and those that are using them and are using it quite well, they'll see that it's quite a rich way to bring the information together. Mm-hmm. So this is rolling out to targeted release late January, nowish. complete mm-hmm. early February, soonish, ish so like a week or two away, <laughs> standard release mid-February, and complete late February. <laughs> I
1: love the um early and mids and lates you know anyway i think it's it's end beginning you know yep. what do all those things mean eh. yeah that's all right it, it well, means whenever it gets what, there
0: <laughs> speaking of what whatever these things mean um mm-hmm. cdn cdn they do expand on it in the title of the message mm-hmm. but uh you tell us about but a bit more about
1: what this is and what the changes are yeah, so this is changes to private content delivery networks CDN MC two three six O two six and the time frame on this is the uh, during March of this year and it available by June. So what is this? So using a CDN a content delivery network is a way to increase performance by r- providing Um, really the delivery of static files. So this is JavaScript or CSS or images, um, but allowing the distribution of those assets um, at closer endpoints to the user so that they get it faster instead of having to get it from one central location, which may be across the country or halfway around the world, it can be closer to them. So the node could be there, uh, closer to them. Uh, And then... Up until now, Office 365 used uh, a different service, Um, and I'm not sure how to pronounce it, A-K-A-M-A-I. Sorry, just not feeling uh, daring enough to try to pronounce that, but that's a service Uh, provider. Sure, fine. Good job. Correct me if you want to, people, later. (laughs) um, So they've used that service as a third-party service to provide the private CDN. And now, a, a public CDN is content that is available to anyone on the internet, okay? So, a lot of people use things like Cloudflare, Cloudfair, Um, I mean, there's many, if you have a WordPress uh, website, WordPress has its own CDN uh, to help you just speed things along with your site. Well, a private one is for access for internal, so SharePoint or, you know, applications that you've developed and deployed uh, in Office 365. So they're going from that third party to the Microsoft Azure CDN, okay? So I personally think this is a good thing because we're keeping all of those assets in the Microsoft cloud. Um, if you still have some sort of uh, issue with using um maybe you want to prevent using that private CDN in Microsoft Azure. Um, then you can use sensitivity labels to add to the CDN exclusion list. but um, I highly suggest you use CDns to speed up your sites and when you're when you are uh, especially you know deploying any sort of app on top of uh, SharePoint, for instance, um, using it. and I, I'm actually, happier they're bringing it into azure Um, you can think about all of the data centers that azure has um, you know being able to really get that content closer to your users so again that's in march uh, rolling that out and coming to june there's really nothing for you to do Uh, To make this happen, uh, as the message explains, there's really nothing for you to do. Just start using it and they're going to automatically switch you over and automatically make all of the content that you have in the CDN, in the private CDN, available um, to you from the Azure CDN. So there's some links at the bottom of this message about how to use sensitivity labels to protect that content, uh, how to configure CDNs in uh, Office 365. Uh, and all that so take a look at that um and uh, i i use cdns a lot when i'm deploying intranets uh, for organizations and especially i've deployed using um intranet in a box solutions uh, maybe one that has sponsored the show in the past um, and using cdns for that um, uh, so it it they're used quite frequently uh, so just take a look and make sure that you know what's what's going on and you're aware. Cool?
0: Definitely.
1: Um, so, Daryl, uh, Daniel. I, I think the most difficult thing to do with Microsoft, well, maybe not the most, but it's it's probably top 10, most difficult thing to do in Microsoft 365 is actually getting started on your mobile device for the first time. Um, getting signed in, whether, you know, if you have multi-factor turned on, all that kind of, just getting everything kind of set up with all the different apps um, Mm. within Microsoft 365. Have you experienced that? I mean, would you agree that it maybe is top 10 kind of a frustrating thing?
0: Yeah, take it from a person who writes the guides or tries to get that first run experience and try to communicate that as part of change and adoption. Um, yeah, we have to find a way of guiding people to download the mobile app, set it all up, do multi-factor authentication, install authenticator app, and all those sorts of things. Um, and look, Microsoft is switching this experience up with Outlook, and they're, they're trying a public preview for a simplified sign-in experience for mobile apps. Uh, so this is MC236523. And this was announced in uh, Microsoft Ignite September 2020. Um, it is a, a experience where if you're setting up Outlook for the first time, um, and I want you to think about it from this perspective, you are uh, helping an organization or your organization is migrating into Exchange Online. You haven't been using Exchange, rather, Outlook Mobile before, and you're wanting people to install that app Um, set up their mailbox and go through that um, great experience as smoothly as possible. And so with this update, it's it's first of all centering around that experience, going into Outlook on the web, um, getting familiar with that, maybe setting up your signature. But one of the prompts that you will experience with this update is, hey, would you like to install Outlook Mobile? And you can, as we've had up until now, you can choose link to send to your phone you can either get the ios app or the android app but what is different about this is the sign-in experience so that when you go through to um, the next screen and and you'll get that little alert on your phone to say here's where to download the app from your app store what will be on screen in outlook on the web is a qr code what happens with that daniel well it apparently within the Outlook app on your phone, you'll be able to scan that
1: and it will enter your username and password for you on your behalf and sign you in. Yeah, I mean, I think it's a great experience, right? To get you up and going quickly and not have to go through any kind of hoops. The the key here, I think, right, Daryl, is that it's a first run experience. This is about Mm -hmm. onboarding, about getting people uh, engaged quicker when they first start out. So, this is not those of us that have been using Outlook on the web for a while. You know, this is that's not what this is. This is about first run.
0: Mm, mm. Yeah, it's driven from that first run of Outlook on the web. And uh, so, even if you uh, hadn't been using the Outlook mobile app for some time, you're not going to get that prompt. Mm. Um, so, yeah, scan that QR code and it'll sign you in. Now, uh, maybe. From my opinion, is this a security risk is one question I want to ask. Because you're scanning this QR code, does that mean that someone else could use that to sign in? The key thing here is that it's only available in that first-run experience after you've signed in, you've proved who you are, mm-hmm. signing into Outlook on the web. Yep. And so we don't expect to see that QR code work Um, anywhere else and certainly it won't be available after that first run
1: yeah and it's just it's just outlook right now but they're alluding that it'll be more apps in the future Um, so you know think about the office apps uh, you know connecting with those as well so in the Mm. future not right now uh, yeah, definitely. So, Darryl, uh, well, just one other thing oh, there. Go if ahead. that
0: if that doesn't um, float your boat, so to speak, with, with from an admin perspective, and you do want to have a bit more control over that, you can turn off the prompt using PowerShell, uh, and that mm-hmm. means that the prompt to download Outlook Mobile will not be available, and it will also prevent the QR code from being presented, of course, as a yeah. flow on from that. So you can disable
1: um, it. Yep.
0: Yeah. Now, uh, we're into quick mentions now, mm-hmm. quick fire, quick mentions. Um, oh, and mine one's the first one. It sure um, is. Introducing override alerts. Uh, now, this is more of a, an admin sort of security kind of function, mm-hmm. uh, but for those organizations that are using Microsoft Defender and you're a security admin, there are some things that you can configure and you can configure them incorrectly. Mm-hmm. Um, you can, can incorrectly configure some overrides that mean that a message maybe from a approved IP address range or um, various different other conditions may cause a message to um, to override a security alert. Uh, and this is for um, malware or for, uh, what was the other condition there, uh, phishing attempts. Mm-hmm. So this uh, this message is uh, oops I should have called that out as well beforehand. Um, it is MC two three six three six, six two.
1: two yes yeah like
0: it's tiny on my <laughs> screen sorry I'm just like I uh, can't do that anyway ooh, that was a bit scary sorry about that. Um, so with with, with this uh, update and I'm trying to keep it far, fast here, but it's it's actually alerting security admins about these these overrides that are performed by the system. In Mm -hmm. other words, it's alerting you to misconfigurations. So take a hint when those messages come in, that you might wanna go back and review your configuration. Mm -hmm. You can set some limits to how many of these types of messages you will receive because maybe your misconfiguration is so bad that hopefully not, that you might get a ton of messages. Mm -hmm. Um, But let's just say that it's it's a good thing. Do not misconfigure this opportunity and not configure these override alerts. Right. And see me for therapy afterwards if you didn't understand that
1: because it was confusing to me too. Um, next quick fire. Yeah. The next one is all about Azure SSL TLS certificate changes. So um, just highlighting that uh, this is actually kind of a, a little bit of a callback, but just it's a reminder that in November we were told that a certificate, an intermediate, um, certificate uh, authority was being changed with DigiCert and DigiCert is used for some certificates in uh, Azure AD, okay, Active Directory. So some of those will be changing or the intermediary will be changing. And so that ICA, um, if you have specified in code, Which ICA to use, which is kind of rare, but if you have done it in applications or whatever, then you're going to need to um, update your application uh, that is using Azure AD, um, because that that ICA is actually changing. All right. So most of people don't need to worry about this. But if you do have uh, some custom apps and you have specified specifically that ICA, then you need to change it. And it's February 8th, so a week away. Um, or actually, the way they have uh, put this, I hope you appreciate this, Daryl, the 8th of February. Um, I'm sorry, that was a little international humor, right? Eighth, anyway. Um, so. There's US date format and uh, there's everywhere else. Right. So there's the right way and the wrong way, respectfully. Um, so <laughs> it's a joke, people. Come on. All right. And then the next one we want to call out, if really quickly, is all about apps, right?
0: Yeah, you know, it's one that we can sometimes glance over, and I do like to draw attention to it. Um, This is uh, MC236233, a frequent update, uh, letting us know that something has changed in our Microsoft 365 apps on our desktop. Uh, So the key ones that I wanted to draw quickly attention to Features that we have seen within Outlook on the web um, that you can set your meetings to end early Mm -hmm. for between five and 10 minutes. Mm -hmm. Five minutes, if you're just having a, a meeting for half an hour, it'll sort of bump it back to being a 25 minute meeting and an hour long meeting will be reduced down to 50 minutes. So that's a good setting to have. And the purpose of it is to try and give you some buffer time in between your meetings so that you're not going back to back. Uh, the next one is to change or well, to make every meeting set to an online meeting when you're creating them in Outlook on the desktop. Mm-hmm. Again, a good feature. Uh, you've often heard me say this that it's about um, making sure that everyone has access and that we're catering for conditions when they change. You might mm-hmm. all be planning to attend something in a room, though that's not happening much for a lot of people these days. Um, so, it's about adding those uh, online details and uh, allowing that hybrid situation. And, uh, you know, sort of finishing off this, but not necessarily to do with the meeting, that means that we have to now get into that mindset that people could be attending from anywhere. So, remember, if you are in a room, uh, then remember there could be someone that, that wants to attend online. So, make sure you're turn on the right features and plug in in the right, um, microphone and (laughs) considering people are on the other side.
1: Yep. And then we have our callback segment, Daryl. Uh, this one is, um, all about, and I'm kind of teased it at the beginning of the show, but it's all about SharePoint and this is MC two, two, seven, three Oh seven SharePoint site header updates. And uh, this has rolled out, uh, pretty much uh, should be rolled out to everyone uh, by now. And it really is bringing two new uh, options into our site, into our headers for SharePoint. And it's really mm-hmm. the minimal header and the extended header. And I think uh, with that, we can um, change some other settings as well. But uh, let's just take a look at it. Is that okay? If we can Just take Definitely. a look at some of the Okay, good. Well, that's the point of this uh, callback yeah.
0: uh, section or segment. Remember, it's yeah. about what has landed. And the, t- to be honest, this is why it took a little while for us to go through and find something that has landed. Yeah. Oh, this looks good, um, Daniel. So what, what are we looking at for the header
1: right now? What's that configured as? This one is, I believe, uh, standard, but we're going to take a look. So the header is okay. the top up here, of course, uh, on the page. Mm-hmm. So the way we change this in SharePoint is going to change the look and maybe I need to zoom in a little bit. There we go. Uh, so we go to header and oh, it's compact. Okay, so we have now four options for our header. We used to only have standard and compact. Now we have minimal minimal, and extended. So this is compact. This is the way it looks. It's a little shrunk. Uh, if you go to standard, then it expands it. It puts the site name on top of the links of the navigation for the site. Uh, Of course, the hub navigation is above, right? Um, Now we have... If it's a hub site. If it's a hub site. That's right. This one is. If we go to minimal, it shrinks it even more, right? It takes the logo and makes it compact, uh, shrinks it smaller. Yep. Yeah. And really brings it, I think, emphasizing more on the page, right? Um, Mm. I, I like minimal because I think sometimes navigation gets in the way. However... There's two points to consider as branding. Number one, you know, the logo is Mm. shrunk. Um, Second is a little bit about the navigation. If this is a hub site, then you'll notice it takes, it's really easy to get from one navigation to the next navigation. And Mm. it can maybe get a little tricky. But I think we're, you know, we probably can get around that, but just wanted to Mm. highlight that.
0: Before you move on from minimal, yep. if you go back to standard, yep. wasn't there something about um, that as you scroll down a page, it, it does go back to, or yeah, if you just close yep. that, ah, oh, I thought there was something. There was an experience there where we, as we scroll down, that it, it minimizes that that navigation anyway. Which one was that? Was that the compact option?
1: No, um, I, nope, I don't think forget so. Forget where I'd seen it.
0: I'm um, not breaking any
1: EDAs <laughs> there. <laughs> <clears throat> um, and then we have extended, uh, and extended is giving us the capability. It brings out the logo and it makes it a lot larger, uh, and the the name of the site, and it puts it all above the navigation, and giving us kind of that separation. We have some additional functionality here, though. We can um, hide the site title if we want to. That's pretty spiffy. We can uh also do a uh an image uh which is an image background instead of just instead of the color yeah you can do an image background here and then the last thing and i think this is pretty cool is we can have a logo alignment we can do left center or right and you'll notice it's gone behind this uh, menu here but um and i didn't change it so for those of in your video you're like what in the world's going on daniel he didn't click save so i'm going to make it right aligned and i'm going to click save and it's going to put the logo in. i'm keeping the title of the site over to the right hand side with navigation mm-hmm. on the left so if you wanted to do combine this with maybe that background image this might look pretty slick uh having the yeah. background image of that the um remember because this is a hub site it's actually flowing down to all the child sites of this hub um so any changes you're making here in the header affects other sites as well so keep that in mind and you know if you're playing around with this you're changing the experience for everybody uh, for those uh child sites as well so what do you think you like it
0: look yeah I, I like it because it it gives um an option for a bit more personality with the the image that you can put in the header And the other thing that we were exploring together before we we started um, this call, this recording, um, was where where else we can see this. When we create a communication site, we've got a whole lot of really glorious-looking, amazing options. And um, when we go to use our SharePoint site behind our Microsoft team, it's always felt a bit more restricted in in the format and what's available to us. I know we can put various different web parts on there to make it look great, but it was that header that looked a bit mm, plain and restricted. (laughs) Um, And now we can change up that look and feel Mm -hmm. with these new options as well. So uh, looking forward to making use of that.
1: Most definitely. So uh, that is our callback. Uh, again, this should be rolled out to everybody by now. So go out there and take a look at your headers and, and play around. So uh, thank you, everyone, for joining us today. Uh, I think we've had a, a good time, especially we started off the this, this show having a good time, right? A coin flip. Who doesn't love a game of chance, right?
0: Hmm. Yeah, well, it was heads. Who's on, who's on this quarter here?
1: Hmm. Is that George? It is George. Old George Washington. All right. First president. Lift our hands to George. Thank you, everyone, for joining us today uh, for episode 180. Uh, Catch us next week for, well, 181. So bye for now. Well done. (laughs)